Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers philadelphia eagles fans fans of the nfl shield fantasy football players nfl betters anybody i might have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 113 of the talking the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 30th, 2021. I know you saw the title. I know you know the drill by now. Philadelphia Eagles season preview on tap and plenty of other stuff to come here today. The cruise banter, everything in between. But before we get to all of that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching live on youtube or maybe the recorded version on youtube make sure you hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl content dropping but if you are listening to the audio version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already as we do release the audio of every show after each live episode is complete next item up on the docket if you could be so kind you can find it in your heart you got a couple extra seconds to do so hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating hop on in the live chat on over yonder if you are watching live we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the talking the line link tree Within that link tree, you'll find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew's social platforms, and our additional content, so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, NFL fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, once again, anyone I might have left out, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt, Colt45, Sroka, whatever you'd like to call me, I'll still respond. It is a beautiful Monday here in the Talk in the Line production studios. We have another loaded show to get to you, but I keep saying we, I keep saying crew, I keep saying this and that, but I haven't brought in that second man yet. I need to bring in the second half of the TTL Sports Media crew, a young man who is elated that his White Sox gave my Cubbies a 13 to 1 drubbing yesterday and is getting more and more cheese headified as the days roll on to the NFL season. Yes, I made that word up. Okay. I don't care what you think, but it's pretty damn good and the cheese heads just might start using it. Without further ado, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, Armax Magnuson. Partner, 
How you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am doing damn good. I will take uh, Cheese Headified back to the uh, brain trust that is uh, the Packers fan base and see how we feel about it, and I'll get back to you on that. But other than that, my man, it is a fresh Monday morning. I'm feeling damn good. We had a solid weekend of Ooh. bets. I know you had a fun weekend, both gambling and yesterday at the Sox game, but... Uh, Two and one start to my college football year. I love to see it. I tell three and you, one. Give yourself some credit. Three and one, buddy. I believe it was two and one, but I could be it wrong. Was three and one. I look back. We went six and two as a crew because that was something I was going to be saying in general. I went to your. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think was I looking had some at an Ohio State. Okay. It was Ohio State. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, I apologize. yeah. That was my. <laughs> so five and two as a crew. Five and two, not six and two. Yeah, yeah. That's on me. Hey, you were the one. Hey. You were the one right. I was trying to give you a little more credit. Yeah, I tried. You tried. But either way, a good weekend. I tailed you on some UFC picks as well. Got some nice bankroll there. Had a nice weekend of baseball for myself. Nothing crazy, but but positive. Hit a little side SGP on the size cup yesterday. So... Hey, I've got nothing but uh, good things coming this way. It was a bankroll building weekend, it was. if you will. Uh, yeah, I did make an appearance at the Cubs Sox game. If you did see yesterday, it was right on the dugout. Uh, caught on, got caught on camera a couple times. Was on the jumbotron yep. three, four times, and then was on uh, TV a couple times. So I was trying to watch for you, but I was watching a couple other things. So every hey, time I looked, it good. was wrong camera <laughs> hey, angle. Hey, you know, just a little bit of a uh, little bit of sun. I got yeah. nothing all too major. Uh, was a uh, good sun and listened to my mother. I put on my sunscreen. You know, okay. 25 years old now, and uh, mommy still has to call me and tell me to put on my sunscreen. Love you, Ma, if you are watching. Uh, great weekend of fights. Your boy went 7-0 and across the board on the UFC. Ooh, the kid is back. Don't let me get hot, ladies and gentlemen. We did have a hell of a weekend as a crew on Saturday. We went 18-6. and Thank God college football is back. NFL is almost here. We told you guys, stick with us, stay with us. We promise you we are going to get prepared for this NFL season right alongside with you guys like never before, and we will be cashing tickets before you know it. We proved it this weekend. It's week zero. Week zero, and we're already cashing tickets. And I know, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for you. We're not Illinois diehard football fans, but we are fans. And uh, felt a little nice to get uh, the week or the year started with uh, a game that actually looked like a Big Ten game for the first time in a long time for the Illini. So it felt pretty damn good, man. Plus seven. Should have taken some money line action. Should have, but you can't bet on it anyway. Don't act like you can because we live in the state of Illinois. So sometimes we will uh, give out Illinois picks, no doubt. But uh, we obviously can't bet on them, us living in Illinois. Uh, I had the Jake Paul fight yesterday um yeah got a couple other things we'll talk about here before we get into (laughs) it uh obviously that's hot news we'll talk about that little on later on in the show but hey obviously good to him fought a uh a point boxing fight and uh i'll talk to you about some of the things i took away from that sure might be changing my tune a little bit on jake paul not so much but maybe just a little bit and then as a reminder before we get into today's team of the day it is nfl cut week my friend Mm. so you are going to be seeing your teams rip players out of their rosters, left, right, and center. Uh, we already had, right before we hit recording, the Arizona Cardinals just cut 12 yep. players. So have to imagine we might have a few more coming the way this next hour and a half or so. It's definitely going to be that time. Got to get down to those 53-man rosters one way or another. Let me get a quick sip of water before we do the usual. All right, my friends. Well, without further ado, if you're sipping on your Joe, cheers to you out there. Cheers to you, partner. You're all looking beautiful out there this morning. Or this afternoon or the evening, whatever you're watching the TTL pod. <laughs> or next Tuesday, who knows? Either way, whenever this is, what I do know is that I uh, changed up my coffee to a little honey almond. Yeah. A little, uh, little something different here. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes as uh, the show rolls on. Hey, what do you guys think about honey almond? Drop it in the chat. It's okay. That's my opinion. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Not to write home about either way. 
it's time to finally get into episode number 113, the official 24th NFL special edition of the Talking the Line pod with today's team of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly, Philly, Philly special, dilly, dilly, whatever you want to say, the Philadelphia Eagles may be back or they may not be. We'll see. We have a lot of stuff to discuss, a lot of question marks that I want to get answers from you. I'm sure question marks you want to get answers from me. Sure. So we have plenty to talk about. As always, we got the four segments on tap today, and we will be kicking things off right now with the first segment of the day in the full team breakdown. Also, as always, we'll go offense, defense. We'll talk about the key losses and key additions first, look at some 2020 numbers, break down the entire projected week one starting lineups, and then we'll uh, give you our overall thoughts and outlooks and then get into the second segment of the day. So without further ado, hesitation or delay, holy shit, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Let's get into offensive side of the ball, starting with the key losses. Now some names you are going to know, some names that matter, and as we always say, some names that don't really matter at all. Obviously, the biggest QB name that we're uh, really going to see out of here, Nate Studfield. I know he <laughs> is a uh, really big loss here for Philadelphia. I'm only giving you guys shit. Obviously, Carson Wentz, we talked about him in depth. Uh, go back, watch the Philadelphia, <laughs> shit, Indianapolis Colts episode. Uh, we have seen a couple of sightings of him. Today, it uh, was just announced that Quentin Nelson is actually back. But we're not talking about the Colts today, but you heard that here first as well. Corey Clement, running back, they let go. I was a fan of him, but never really saw the... Um, at least above mediocre production right. that you would want to see. Deshaun Jackson, obviously we talked about him, went and joined L.A. Who knows what we see from him? Obviously hadn't had uh, too many healthy seasons over the course of the last five years. Marquise Goodwin, uh, wide receiver. I wasn't really uh, aware that he was on Philly. I knew he opted out last year, right. but hey, I welcome him with open open arms into Chicago. Bear down. And then uh, Josh Perkins tied in, Richard Rodgers tied in, so they're putting their eggs all in one basket with uh, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Mm -hmm. And then also, bear down, they uh, picked up Jason Peters, that being the Bears, left tackle. Philly let him go, so it also looks like Jason Peters getting a week one start for us. Very excited about that. But in total, that is the eight guys that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles let go in the offseason. Partner, who did they backfill those guys with or did they at all you know they did an okay job here they made a few acquisitions as far as the trade and free agency market goes obviously that quarterback they were pretty busy early on in the offseason and within the last week or so joe flacco was the first one to bring in in that qb room and then obviously last week they bring in gardner Minshew. late last mm. week a lot of speculation as far as why they made that move, but we might talk about that in a second. Carryon Johnson, actually, running back. Also, they brought in and LaRaven Clark, right tackle. As far as the draft, they brought in a couple of key pieces in the first couple of rounds. Devontae Smith, obviously out of Bama, first-round wide receiver. Roll Tide. Going to make an Im immediate impact here, and we'll obviously talk about him in a few seconds Roll damn Tide. And to keep rolling with the damn tide, second round Sorry, center, partner. Landon Dickerson. No, no, also from Bama. So keep rolling that damn Roll tide. Roll damn tide. <laughs> and then uh, the last pick, fifth round, at least on the offensive side, running back Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Not roll damn tide, no. but we'll see what uh, we see from Kenneth Gainwell, if at all. But those top two pieces, Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, are chances are going to play some critical roles here for Philly in 2021, partner. 
Yes, I would have to agree with you, my friend. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Gardner Minshew a little bit. We'll definitely talk about him because that is interesting, especially uh, with Joe Flacco coming in in right. addition. So very, uh, very interested to see what actually shakes out here in 2021. And I do have some opinions on that. But let me talk about 2020 first. The Eagles averaged exactly five yards per play last year in 2020 offensively. They rushed the ball 37.80% of the time and passed on 62.20% of the time. Across the board, completion percentage was at 55.85%. That definitely needs to come up. Third down conversion percent was at 37.27%. Again, it needs to come way through the roof. And then red zone scoring, not too bad. They were at a 60.87 clip. So overall, not the worst uh, in the red zone, but Overall, that offense definitely lacked in a lot of key areas where you need to. Now, that third down conversion, that kind of comes down to what we've talked about with a lot of teams in the past, running the ball too much, running it too often on early downs and in long second down situations, and then putting their quarterback in a position where he has to convert on third down. They got to fix that. Now, do I believe we'll talk about him in a little while more in depth. Nick Sirianni does that also with Shane Stitchin as the OC. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about what we see this year, but let me talk to you guys about the 2021 lineup, and then I'll give you my overall outlook. Stop fucking blabbing, and then I'll give it on over to my partner. Sure thing. As far as the offensive line goes, um, returning most of their starters from last year, funny thing is, is all of their starters were pretty much injured all of last year. They didn't have these guys, so we'll see if uh, what they were all talking them up, they were talking them up huge last year. We'll see if all that to write home about is actually worthwhile here in 2021. Lane Johnson coming back, Brandon Brooks, the trusted workhorse, never lets you down. Jason Kelsey still at center. Uh, Isaac Ciamalo at left guard, and then um, Andre Dillard at left tackle. Then uh, sometimes catching the ball, most preferably catching the ball, sometimes blocking maybe to the left, or the right of the line. You got Zach Ertz and then the aforementioned Dallas Goddard. Already talked about those two guys. I anticipate pretty big things from both of these guys. We saw some regression in 2020. Mm -hmm. And how can you not? I mean, both of these guys were very solid in 2019 and in 2018. So I have some faith that we'll get some value out of them. And we'll talk about them a little more in depth too in fantasy. Now, as far as the receiver room, I'm a little bit nervous about them. Now, hey, Devontae Smith, obviously roll, damn, tied. I can't hate on my boy. But we already are battling injury issues here. And I looked through it and the list of 180 pound or less receivers in the league, some big names, but they just have never really panned out. I won't waste time going through that. But in general, I'm not saying my man struggles. Hopefully he can be the outlier. Not a ton of history that uh, of success for those type of guys. Not at all. Not at all. Um, But to round out the wide receivers, they got Travis Fulgham on the opposite side and then Jalen Rager in the slot. Hopefully uh, Jalen Rager can come back after injury last Mm -hmm. year, have a good sophomore campaign. Then Greg Ward Jr. He actually led the team in receptions last year. He was actually real damn good when uh, a lot of these receivers went out with injury. Was a good fantasy stash for late in the season. I don't know how much of the field he'll see uh if they do battle injuries again i do believe that you'll see a lot as far as the running backs go they got miles sanders uh looks to be rb1 coming back and then backed up by byron scott boston scott or boston scott i'm sorry boston scott uh both of those guys very solid in their own right uh we'll talk about them definitely two more in depth in fantasy then jalen hurts qb1 and then we'll see who qb2 qb3 are gardner Minshew, joe flacco it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all shakes out there quarterback wise and uh if jalen hurts really shows 
close out in uh, his second, or I guess first official real primetime season as a QB1 for the Eagles. I have high hopes for him. Obviously, another roll tide. He did go to Oklahoma too, but hey, either way, I uh, count him as a uh, roll tide at the end of the day. Right. Uh, Either way. I think we see a little bit of improvement from this offense. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to struggle severely in the passing department, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts to get it done with his legs and also this rushing game. It's about my thoughts overall. Where are you feeling here for the 2021 Eagles offense? Yeah, my man, I don't know exactly where to start here. I guess I'll start with the running backs. That is the one position that I am the least optimistic about. Uh, you know, you get the same guys coming back, but they really just have not been that productive. And you could say last year, now that they have a uh, healthy offensive line, if they do stay healthy, then that might make them look a lot better. And that would be the optimism for the running back room. But then that offensive line itself, I do have high hopes that they're going to come back and be solid. Having said that, you mentioned all these guys dealt with injury last year, and not to mention three out of these five guys are on the wrong side of 30. Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson, the entire right side is all at least 30 or plus. So I have to imagine at least one of the, I'm not calling for a huge regression out of the whole lot of them, but I have to imagine that at least one or two of these guys might not be exactly what they used to be. And I hate to say that, and but and I want to be optimistic, but I've got some concerns. And then the flip side of the wide receiver room, they're all so damn young, and I talent of Rieger and Smith, I've got high hopes for. I mean, sure. you mentioned Smith, uh, size-wise, it doesn't have a ton of history, but he's got you know route running, hands, every tangible outside of size is a plus. So I still have high hopes for him, but you know might be uh, might get beat up a little bit the first few weeks here in the season, but. I really don't know what to expect, my man. I, like you, I have high hopes for Hertz, especially with this uh, reconfigured offensive line once again. But it's a big question mark for me, no question about it. So I want to be optimistic, but I'm I'm tentatively not that optimistic, if I'm being totally honest here. Yeah, I'm tentatively not that optimistic either. Um, <laughs> Weird neither, phrase, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, neither of the guys over at SFA, you know, we always get our uh, rankings from them. Uh, 25th quarterback room in the league. Obviously, Minshew might add a little bit to that, and a big time Jalen Hurts can improve upon that, but there's just so much unknown going into this season, right. and how will he perform under uh, uh, Shane Stitchin and Nick Sirianni. Offensive line, 14th ranked unit in the league, so definitely better than middle of the pack. If they show out, those guys still uh, definitely live up to their names and what right. they have been in the NFL, then yeah, they can definitely be right at that number, maybe even improve upon it. Running back room definitely does leave some question marks. 27th ranked unit in the league. I don't want to come across like I am high on them on by any means. They can definitely rip off a run here or there sure. in their own right, but across the board, they're definitely not going to be those guys that are no. giving you the big stats. And then the receiver room, they are extremely low on them. 30th ranked unit in the league out of 32, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's right ahead of the Texans and Lions. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think you are mistaken. And I, unfortunately, Eagles fans, I think this is spot on, um, especially with Devontae Smith dealing with injuries already so sure. early, man. That just concerns me. And I, you know, his weight never concerned me. It was never anything that right, I was right, really right. just like, oh, we got to write home about. But as it kind of wears on here and as more and more experts and analysts talk about it, hey, you can always break a trend. I'm not saying that. You sure. can always break it, but it does definitely concern me. Yeah, with the health, I think they find some way, if he's healthy, I think they find some way to use a lot, utilize him. 
Absolutely. And as always, we'll uh, definitely be giving you more of our mm. opinions, more stuff as we go on through the segments here. So that's a cap on the offense for now. Let's uh, roll over onto the defensive side of the ball. Partner, if you could be so kind as to kick us off with the key defensive losses you're going into 2021. All righty. As have been the last few weeks, not a ton to write home about here, but a couple guys that you will know. Jalen Mills, one of the bigger names here, played 15 games at the safety spot. Duke Riley, linebacker, 13 games, kind of a depth guy there. Nate Gary, linebacker, seven games. Vinny Curry, off the edge, played 11 games. Cravon LeBlanc, corner, cornerback, uh, played nine games as well. And then Nickel, Roby Coleman, cornerback, 15 games. That's the other name that you might know there. So like I said, nothing crazy to write home about, but a few pieces that, uh, you know, they might have a nice little role to play if they were sticking around here, partner. But nonetheless, nothing crazy here. Sorry, partner. Had a little bit of an nah, itchy nose there. Needed to uh, get myself back in order, but... But uh, appreciate you there with the key losses. They were able to backfill a little bit, but I don't know how much it really matters or how right. much it actually adds to this team. Uh, they added Anthony Harris, safety, Eric Wilson, linebacker. Both those guys look like they are going to be getting an immediate start. Andrew Adams, safety as well. Josiah Scott, defensive back. And then Ryan Kerrigan off the edge, uh, kind of plays that hybrid linebacker defensive end role. Was dominant for many years in Washington, but what do we see when he goes to an NF NFC East rival in Philadelphia? Right. I don't know. Uh, as far as the draft goes, they went pretty defensive heavy. They picked up six guys overall. Milton Williams, uh, defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech. Zach McPherson, defensive back out of Texas Tech. Marlon Tui Pulotu, uh, that is defensive tackle out of USC. Taron Jackson, defensive end out of ooh, Coastal Carolina. Go Chanticleers. <laughs> I almost said out of Chanticleers. Go Chanticleers, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Jacoby Stevens, safety out of LSU. And then Patrick Johnson, defensive end out of Tulane. Overall, I think they got a pretty solid haul, but once again, as I said, I don't know how much of an immediate impact these guys have, or rather how much of a reliable impact sure. these guys have. Now, as far as 2020 goes, before we get into our 2021 outlooks, they allowed, them being the Eagles, uh, opponents to average 5.5 yards per play last year. Opponent completion percentage was at 68.68%. On third downs, they allowed uh, opponents to convert at a 37.91 clip, and in the red zone opponents converted at a 64.71 clip so you definitely would like to see that third down remain the same i definitely think this front seven aids in doing so but that red zone's got to improve a little bit and i don't know especially with uh this division kind of getting bulked back up and uh definitely some of the teams that we'll talk about they'll be playing this year mm -hmm. might be a little hard to improve upon that number right but once again, let me give you the projected week one starters here for the Philadelphia Eagles on the defensive side of the ball. Once again, starting with the line, they got Vinnie Curry, Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams. Oh my goodness. I apologize. I am on, <laughs> I I am on say, the Vinny Jets. Curry. I apologize. I'm on the Jets. Uh, do not listen to what I just said. Um, that is, uh, I was uh, rolling through and it's the same green. So back to... Uh, Back to it now. Brandon Graham, uh, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Derek Barnett. Rounding out the front seven, you got Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. I'm pretty high on that front seven, honestly. I think they're better than mediocre. I think they're going to have to shoulder a lot of the weight, though, defensively mm -hmm. for this team, and that might make them look a little worse than they actually are. As far as the secondary goes, defensive backs, you got Avante Maddox. I really like that guy. I've watched uh, some Eagles like locker room tape and stuff like that. 
the culture and what he brings to that locker room. I think he is a top-notch guy, so hopefully he'll be able to uh, bring that to this secondary. Also, Darius Slay is a top-notch guy, too, yep. but saw a really, really rough season in mm-hmm. 2020, so hopefully we can see him improve in 2021. And then Kevon Wallace looks like projected out of the slot. And then as far as the deep secondary goes, uh, you have Anthony Harris and then Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod obviously been around for a while, uh, should be able to produce once again here in 2021. And then I uh, told you earlier about Anthony Harris, Looks like he's going to get the early uh, work here at uh, Strong Safety, and uh, hopefully this secondary can definitely improve from last year. I'm a little concerned about them doing so, and I'm yeah. not very high on them. Darius Slay obviously was the big acquisition for uh, Philly last offseason, and it really didn't pan out. So this secondary, we're going to have to see some serious improvements, but unfortunately, that's what I'm most worried about on this uh, on this defensive side of the ball. And if it does struggle and it causes the defensive line to struggle, mm-hmm. watch out. Yep. The Eagles are going to be yeah. in some serious trouble very early. That's what I'm thinking uh, 2021 defensively. How about you, partner? I don't have a ton, of ad- ton to add here, partner. Kind of like what I was saying with the offense. You know, the question for me is it's half a mix of guys that are really young and we don't know what to expect from them. And then half a lot of guy, half of them are guys that are veterans that have been proven in their career. But again, a few of these guys are on the wrong side of 30, my man. I sure. mean, not even to mention Darius Slay. He had a bad season last year, and I think he should improve on that. I don't know if we'll see, you know, the former prime Darius Slay that we saw in Detroit or not, but I have to imagine he improves on that. But I mean, like I was saying, a couple of the other guys here, Fletcher Cox, Brennan Graham. These guys are on the wrong side of 30, and I'm not saying they're, once again, I'm not calling for big regression. I just don't. Hey, you calling these guys old? That's not what I'm exactly saying. I just don't think we're, I think we're going to see a tiny, tiny decline here for these guys' careers, and overall on the defense, I just don't, uh, I just don't have a ton of high hopes. I have high hopes for Hargrave and Barnett. Those guys are still in their mid-20s. Those guys had great seasons last year, and I think they've uh excuse me, choked up a little bit there, improved on that season coming into this year, but the rest of them, I really don't know what to expect. So once again, tentatively optimistic, but uh, even that, I don't even know, man. I'm kind of pessimistic about this one this year. Yeah, I am, man. And if the defense struggles like we're predicting, that's only going to cause the offense to struggle, and then it's just a whole struggle bust Mm -hmm. all season long for Philadelphia. And I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth here and up. Something popped into my head as we were kind of talking about there. If you didn't tune in live first thing here today for the countdown timer, we had a little something Mm. new. Producer Colt was able to figure out how to have a little bit of tunes going on mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. I didn't uh, mention that in the intro. I got to start remembering to do that. <laughs> Shout out at Sebastian Luck, my boy Seabass. He is who created the intro for the Talking the Line pod. And holy fuck, almost slipped. Um, he also creates his own music. Uh, great stuff uh, coming from him. He had an absolute banger called Function this morning that we uh, played on the show. So you'll definitely hear some of his. You'll also hear up-and-coming Chicago artists. You'll hear up-and-coming artists from all over the country, honestly. Yes, I put sir. out a little tweet, and uh, the response we got was amazing. So mm-hmm. we will be featuring uh, new up-and-coming artists every single morning on the countdown timer. Uh, the first three minutes of the show, you'll be able to hear a new featured hot track from a new featured up-and-coming artist. 
just wanted to say that totally forgot to mention that and it bears mentioning because some of these guys we are going to uh going to be featuring put in the work that we do oh, yeah. and they have excellent excellent stuff and they're just underground man if they're- it's as any good as, if it's as half a good as a, I'm, i don't even know why i'm struggling with this but you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> half as good as what today's it was music morning, was awesome was if bang. the rest are as banger. good it's going to be a uh an electric factory every single day oh it's a fucking banger we were dancing the whole time oh, yeah. before it started so all right Back into Anyways. it. Let's wrap up the full team breakdown. Definitely just wanted to mention that yeah, to you most guys. Definitely. All right. Last but certainly not least, the entire coaching staff here for Philadelphia, brand new across the board, as is the same for a few of uh, the other teams we have talked about in the NFL. Head coach Nick Sirianni, offensive coordinator Shane Stitchen, and defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Overall, I don't have the highest expectations for these guys. Uh, Nick Sirianni was an offensive coordinator who didn't call the plays right. for Indianapolis for the last three years, so I'm not sure about that. Shane Stitchen obviously was with the Chargers, so he comes on over now to Philadelphia. We saw very solid improvement with him working with a rookie sure. quarterback last year, so maybe he has uh, something up his sleeve in regards to Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I don't know either. Then as far as defensive coordinator, uh, Jonathan Gannon, I think we see some solid, solid um, improvement from him. I definitely think he has that capability. He is coming uh, from Indianapolis as the defensive backs coach, so they obviously see the secondary being a glaring hole for them. I think he can definitely help them uh, improve that, but it's going to take a lot of work, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be all on his shoulders if that does not happen. So... Full coaching staff there for uh, Philadelphia. Anything uh, add on there? I'm going to keep this show moving. Nah, go ahead. Keep it moving. All right, my friends. Well, without further ado, let's get into the second segment of the day. That was the full team breakdown. Now it's time for the full schedule breakdown. Now, as always, if you weren't aware, you haven't got updated, we'll go week by week in the full betting preview. We'll break it down uh, when we do the uh, spreads, the game totals, all that jazz. For now, we will just give you our record predictions and kind of talk about their main opponents and some of their key rest and uh, prep differentials, some things that you should be aware of. So, First things first, my friends, everybody's got to know when the bye week is because maybe you're a fantasy player, maybe you're a football better, who knows, everybody's got to know. It's week 14, that's off the table, it's a late one, so the Eagles are going to have to uh, fight scratch and claw here early, and that might uh, Mm -hmm. loom pretty large in some of our predictions. That all being said, let's kick things off with the TTL patented NFC Ish. Aha. We'll see how they are uh, going to shake out, my friends, because much like the Eagles, uh, we really have no idea what we're going to see out of the NFC East. And if you are not accustomed yet, it's not the NFC Beast or the NFC Least. Somewhere right around there Eesh. in the middle. Eesh. NFC Ish. So there you go. Now you can say it, but it is patented. So if you do <laughs> utilize it, you must tag us and it is a $5 royalty fee. But moving right along against the boys now i am a little concerned for these philadelphia eagles against the cowboys um especially monday night football in week three i think Mm -hmm. the cowboys run away with that one yep in Uh, dallas that is uh dak's first primetime game back i do believe as well so that uh well thursday night football next week oh shit so he'll already be primed ready to rock and roll for monday night (laughs) give me a break and then week 18 they play them so i do believe that that is uh going to be pretty important for dallas and they are not going to slip up in week 18 against the eagles uh well we've predicted it multiple times now we think kind of uh dallas and wft are going to kind of be those two teams that kind of elevate themselves from the pack if there are two teams to do it now as far as the um washington football team goes i will also give them an 
0-2 there. Those are late, late, late in the year. One of them is right after their bye week in Week 14. But I just think that this defense is going to be a real bad matchup. <laughs> yeah. And if Fitzmagic is still dealing by that time, you give me Fitzmagic in Week 15 and Week 17 with something on the line for yeah. the football team, I'm taking that every single day of the week. And then rounding it out, the Giants, man, this one's going to be really tough. I will give them a split just because of how piss poor these two teams are. I don't know which way it'll go. They could get both of them, but they could also lose both of them. So just tentatively and kind of a little optimistically, I'll give them a split. Okay. So overall, before you move on, one and five. One and five, huh? Ish from me. Okay. I am, I want to say one and five also. This division, even when these teams are mediocre to bad, they typically find a way to scrap their way into another win here. So I want to say two and four. I just don't really see a way in which they beat either the Cowboys or the football team if they're who they or if they are who we think they are. So I suppose I'll go one and five with your partner and say a week 16 win over the Giants at home uh, two weeks after the bye week. I mean, that bye week, it is late, but it is a nice uh, importance to have. You know, the last four weeks being all divisional teams and getting your bye week right ahead of that. So most definitely. Uh, most definitely. You know. So you one are one and five. I'll give them a win against the Giants as well. Going with me. All right. So we're sticking same record. Now, eight main non divisional games outside of the NFC each. That would be, my friends. Oh my gosh, I'm lost in the green right now. Lost in the green. All right, here we go. <laughs> Man. Too so, much green. So when uh I have different tabs pulled up, obviously a few different sites, team rankings, ESPN, a few different things. And then also I have Warren Sharp's book pulled up for different uh reference things. And the Jet that's why I keep fucking it up. The Jets and the Eagles are right next to each other and it's the same green and I just keep scrolling up too much. That's same like, green on the book. It's like I'm yeah, lost yeah, in yeah. the green. I'm lost in the green right now. All right. So AFC West is their first round of four. I do not envision much success for the uh, old Eagles here out of the AFC West. First one win I'll give them will be over the Raiders. Um, That's right. This kind of jumps out of my mind. That is on the road in the black hole, but they do have a three-game rest advantage, that being the Eagles. So I'll give them that one. I just think that by by the time uh, you get around to week seven, I think the Raiders are going to be scuffling, my friend. Scuffling. Yeah. And then as far as the Broncos, I've actually really liked what I've seen from the Broncos Seriously, here. And we that were, one's in Denver. We were low as shit on them a couple of weeks ago. Or at least moderately low. Moderately yeah. low, and our tunes have totally changed mm-hmm. on that. Very same with the Chargers. I don't care if that game is in Philadelphia. Give me Justin Herbert over Jalen Hurts all day long. And then wrapping it up, uh, man, the Chiefs, I can't give them anything no. against the Chiefs. So give me once again... Uh, well, not once again, but pretty similar. One and three in the AFC West. I'm sticking right with you, my man. We'll save some time. That Raiders win sticks, or Raiders game sticks out to me. Get a three day rest advantage coming off of a Thursday night game the week before the Eagles, that is. So I'll give them the win against the Raiders as well. Alrighty. NFC South. Not very promising for me either. No. Um, the Falcons could be a very interesting game. Yeah. Um, it is in Atlanta in week one. I think that Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan figure something out in week one and okay. they don't blow it in the second half. Okay. Don't make me look stupid for okay. crying out loud. As far as the Panthers go, that one is in Carolina week yeah. five. No rest, no prep, nothing really to write home about. So that one's kind of a coin flip to me, yeah. but I would give the edge to Sam Darnold after what I saw in the last preseason game for the Panthers. I think they come out a little hotter than people expect. I might change a little of my tune what I said from the jump on Sam Darnold. 
So I'll give them 0-2 there, and then we were kind of low on the Saints, but, man, uh, now we're all of a sudden back high on the Saints <laughs> again. So uh, it seems kind of pessimistic, but sorry, Eagles fans, 0-4 in the NFC South. Okay, yeah, I, I can't really waste breath in the Bucks and the Saints. I don't see any way in which they beat either of those two teams. However, I i mean, they did actually beat him last year. I don't know what the situation. That might have been without Drew Brees. But uh, regardless, I'll give the Saints the win in that one. I'll give them one and three out of this one with either a split against the Falcons or the Panthers. Don't know exactly which one it is. I'm leaning towards the Falcons, but it's a very unconfident win there. So I'll go one and three. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll one way or another give me, give me one win there. I could lean one and three, but I, I just think – in a shootout game with one of the teams in the NFC South. Yeah. Something's going to happen yep. where the Eagles don't get that done. Yep. But there you go. Uh, remaining three games on the schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles. They got the Jets, the Lions, and the 49ers. Now, the Jets is going to be kind of an interesting game. That game is played in Week 13 right before their bye, and they have a very important game after their bye. So maybe a potential little bit of a look ahead. I'll give them the win, though. I'll give them the win, um, even though I think it's going to be a little bit of a shaky game and they could potentially lose it. I'll also give them the win over the Lions and then a loss over the 49ers. So 2-1 and one for me in the remaining three. Yeah, man, I'll stick right with you. can save some time here. We talked about how low we are on the Lions. That one, I don't see a win for the Lions there anyways. And then, uh, as as you said, I think that Jets game could be interesting, but I'll give the Eagles an edge. They get a two-week uh, two stay in the old uh, MetLife Stadium and get the Giants right before them too. So, interesting little schedule split there. Both games right there in MetLife. But I'll give the 2-1 and one win to the Eagles. Well, as always, if you're with me, we are thinking the Eagles are going four and thirteen. Sheesh. If you're with Mags, you are thinking the Eagles are going to go five and twelve. So not a whole lot better. As always, again, we have a lot to talk about here in the next segment of the betting preview. As the Eagles' season win total is set at six and a half wins right now. Um, very interesting too to mention. Uh, we'll get into this here in a little bit, but. It, while we're on the schedule, it is projected that they're going to play the third easiest schedule really? based on opponent win totals. Really? And they're only favored in two games with that schedule. Okay. And those two games against the Giants and the, and the Washington football team. Oh, really? Team. Not, Not even the Jets. favored against the okay. Jets. No. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, that is uh, very concerning, especially with a six and a half win total right yeah. now. I am very concerned uh, with how the books are kind of pricing this out mm -hmm. and with how their schedule and everything is shaken out as well. Now, right. putting a cap on it before we get into the betting preview right quickly, key rest and prep stats and differentials you guys need to know about. The uh, Eagles actually have some pretty solid advantages here in this department. They only play one opponent that has over a week to prepare for them, and they play two opponents that have less than a week to prepare for them. So solid differential there. They only come in with one rest disadvantage, and they have three rest advantages this year. So schedule makers being a little nice to them in that spot as well. And then they play no short week road games, and they only play one game off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. And then just for frame of reference, that's Sunday night, Monday night football game is that aforementioned Cowboys game in week three so just so uh, you are aware just so you know that is some things to write home about the Eagles far as schedule wise and our predictions let's keep the proverbial train that is the talking the line podcast steaming on down the tracks here today with the third segment of the day we are sports betting analysts at the end of the day and our what you would call 
good-hearted degenerates. Sure. We love a good NFL sweat and cannot wait to cash gridiron tickets. So let's give you a full season betting preview for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, as always, my friends, I'll kick things off with 2020. We got to go blast from the past real quick so we can see how these Eagles fared overall. That way we're all on the same page. Then we'll talk 2021. As far as 2020 goes, now this is also going to loom large into that stat I just told you about a little while ago about them playing the third easiest schedule overall based on win totals. They had an average line in 2020 of they were an underdog of two points. It is ticked up now in 2021. They're almost a dog of three full points, 2.9 on average. I told you already they're only favored in two games in 2021, and they are dogs in 14 games in 2021. They got one pick them. I do believe that is against the Jets in uh, week 13. That now is. it's the Lions pick them. Lions is a pick them. All right. Well, thanks for having me back there, partner. There is your pick them. Now, as far as 2020 ATS goes, they did not do so well. They uh, were 5-11 and against the number with a 4-11 and straight-up record. They were 1-6 against the number as a favorite and 3-5 and as a pooch. At home, they did not defend home turf at all. 3-4 and ATS, 3-4 and straight-up, 1-3 and against the number as a home favorite, and 2-1 and against the number as a home dog. On the road, it was even worse. 1-7 and ATS record to accompany a beautiful 1-7 and straight-up record. They were 0-3 as a road favorite and 1-4 and as a road dog. So against the number, not good at all last year for the Eagles. I'm a little concerned about mm-hmm. that again here this year, but we'll talk about that once I bring y'all back to the future. We're staying in the past for now with the game totals. Overall, they had a 2020 average line of 45.9. Now, this has ticked up a little bit, so maybe we see some shootouts. 47.1 on average in 2021. They had an average over-under record of 7, or not an average, they had an over-under record of 7-9 and nine in 2020. They were 5-3 and three to the under at home, 4-4 four and four to the, uh, well, just 4-4 four and four on the road, 4-3 and three to the under as a favorite, and 5-4 and four to the under as a dog. So a bit of an under team, if I do say so myself. But it has to take the right spot. You can't just go all willy-nilly in there. And I think that's going to be something we'll talk about here in just a second. You know I love them at this point in the game. We're 24 episodes deep into this damn thing at this point. I love teasers. You'll always see them in my bet slip on Sundays. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Eagles might be a team to consider from week to week if you can get through some key numbers. Six, seven, and ten-point teasers. They all held a 12-4 and record in each of those respectively. So it's going to take some weeks that uh, you're going to have to be a little tentative on them, obviously. But if you, like I said, you can get them through three, four key numbers. I think the Eagles might be worth it. And maybe one of those late additions on a 10-point teaser if you need to move it to that plus money poly category. All right, back to 2020, back or 2021, back to the future. Here we go. Let's talk about the weekly lines and some of the value we're finding, what we think overall. Well, I'm so glad you doggone ass because I've been dying to talk about it. All right, week one, they are playing the Atlanta Falcons. Aforementioned, they are getting a field goal and a half in uh, Atlanta. That game is in Atlanta. Then in week two, it's uh, caught the hook here. They are playing the 49ers at plus four and a half underdog. Week three, they are getting six and a half points on the road in Dallas. That's that Monday night football game again. Week four, getting a little over a touchdown, eight points against the Chiefs at home. Week five on the road, they are getting a 
field goal against the Panthers and then getting a touchdown and a half the week after in week six uh, against the Buccaneers. Then uh, week seven, they're getting a field goal and a half against the Raiders on the road. Talk to you guys about that one a little bit. Then that aforementioned pick'em week eight against the Lions. That game should be really interesting because that game is in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Week nine, they're getting two points at home against the Chargers. Week 10, four and a half they're getting on the road. Mile High Stadium against the Broncos. Week 11, they're getting a field goal and a half at home against the Saints. Week 12, they're getting a field goal against the Giants on the road. In week 15, the first time they are favored out of their bye, and I call horseshit. Once again, I'm taking the WFT money line. I've been talking about this all year. They are favored by a point and a half in week 15 against the football team and again favored by a point and a half in week 16 against the Giants. Those are those two games that I told you they were favored in. The only ones they all are year are all year and then week 17 and week 18 they're getting a field goal then again against washington and then getting two and a half at home against the cowboys overall man i think it is going to be fade city for the philadelphia eagles my friend and i love that they are not overpricing them right i love that they are at three three and a half and then maybe some Mm -hmm. cases four and a half Mm -hmm. that's perfect if they were because I think these are gonna. This is gonna be a plus six and a half. Yep. Plus seven team, and I think that a lot of Philly fans, especially the big old betting market over there, are going to be hammering in the mess out of them, especially with a lot of these numbers. They they're going to be banking too much on the names of the players sure. and not the value in the book. Sure. So per me. Avoid the Eagles this year and some games that I'm pulling off right away. Uh, We'll save the way too early week one pick, but actually not anymore because it's only 10 damn days away. Holy shit. That being said, I do like Carolina minus three. Uh, I would actually take them plus the three and a half against the Raiders. I did predict, predict that to be their win. Even with that prediction, I might take the money line too. The Lions one's going to be really interesting to me. I'm not too sure. I love the Chargers minus two in week nine. I love the Saints minus three and a half in week 11. Give me Washington football team both times. Uh, I will take them on as an underdog in week 15. Then I'll take a minus three in week 17. You're hearing it here first. I think, once again, the Eagles are going to be fade city, and you are going to be very profitable fading them. So I think in my bet slip, early hot take, early prediction, this uh, upcoming season, you're going to see a lot of fading of the Philadelphia Eagles. Partner, how about you? Yeah, similar things over here. I think across the board, like you, I kind of agree with you. I think even more so safer on the road to fade them in a lot of these spots because they're... Like you said, there's really not any big numbers. Their two biggest numbers come at home against Kansas City and Tampa, which, Mm. you know, maybe that's a fade spot too. But all of these less than touchdown numbers, week three, six and a half against the Cowboys, that might be the one you're fading the Eagles in that one? No, uh, maybe. Okay, yeah, that's that's the only one that I see, uh, aside for maybe the Lions and Raiders, that maybe they can squeeze in a six and a half cover because it's a division game. They're tight. But but overall, gimme, gimme, gimme. Overall, gimme a fade (laughs) on the Eagles on the road, especially. Absolutely. So uh, there's our thoughts overall as far as the weekly uh, spreads go. As far as weekly totals go, I think this is going to be kind of an over team, as weird as it is and as they were an under team last year. I think with these small spreads that it's going to be kind of this shootout atmosphere. And especially in the NFC East, going to be a lot of shootouts this year. And then I don't want to say, well, yeah, the quality of their opponent isn't the greatest. They have the third easiest schedule based on win totals. So 
I don't want to call them cupcakes, but I also think that the the teams they play are going to be, going to be able to have early leads, but the Eagles are going to somehow find a way to scrap back into right. them, and that's what we're going to see. And there's really only those two games, Kansas City and Tampa, that you can say there's no way they win those games. Yeah. A lot of these other games, I mean, we are obviously pretty up. pessimistic, but they're still closer to that toss-up range. So sure. we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's definitely going to take the right spots to play an Eagle game total this year, but uh, definitely pay attention to it uh, if we do play one because it will be in a very valuable spot for them. Overall, uh, they do have a high of 50 and a half. Uh, those are the Bucks and the Chiefs game. Yeah. Outside of that, right in the 56 or 46 to about 48 and a half range, everything is right in there. So... There you go. Week to week. Partner, let me ask you before we move along. Once again, way too early, but actually not too early anymore. It's only 10 days away, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. September 9th, 2021 is right around the corner. Partner, the Atlanta Falcons welcome in the Philadelphia Eagles into the Atlanta Dome. And they are lane three and a half points Hmm. are you taking the home favorites and seeing the resurgence of arthur smith dean pease and the old dog matt ryan are you saying fooey give me the freaking field goal and a half with the young dog jalen hurts and what nick sirianni shane stitchin and old jonathan gannon are putting together you know my man for the sake of this, I will give my pick, but my official opinion, I think, is to stay away from this game altogether. One of my bigger stay away games of week one, if I have to be honest with so. you. I want to talk myself into that three and a half points. I don't know who's going to win this game, so you kind of lean towards three and a half because it could be tight, and I kind of lean towards the over because, like you, I think this one might be closer to a shootout, but I just don't know what I'm going to see from either of these teams, if I'm being totally honest from you, so... I'll lean towards the Eagles plus three and a half and the over, but I am not hammering that into my bet slip. No way about it, partner. I would have to agree with you there, my friend. Um, I I like the Falcons minus three and a half. Okay. I do if I'm leaning somewhere. But man, I can't back what we've seen the last two, three years. No, I mean, hey, let one. me just... Not in week not one. On let week me one. just... Right. That's me shooting myself on the foot, if you didn't know. That's all I can envision from the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. and I just can't put my money wholeheartedly on a team nope. in week one. So Absolutely not. Exactly like you, stay away. That's what I'm saying here in week one. All right, let's move back into... Uh-oh. Sorry, having said that, I am excited to watch this game. I am excited to watch this game <laughs> as well. The game. Battle of the Birds yeah. and us being... Redbirds at heart. Oh, we always love to watch other bird football teams. It's just kind of something that comes with the territory. Right. Can't explain it. Just fucking happens. Moving back. Caca! <laughs> Moving back into what we talked about. We had a lot to discuss. <laughs> never know what you're going to get on the season. Or, oh, fuck. I oh, never geez. know what you're going to get on the TTO pod. As always, thank you guys so much for stopping by. Hey, can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Back to the season win total. Once again, set at six and a half wins for Philly Special. Over is at minus 150, under plus 125. Sheesh. Sheebers, creebers. Um, The under honestly makes me want to take the hell out of it at plus money. Uh, We both want it. You were more optimistic than I was. I'll end up hammering it in. Okay. I'll end up doing okay. that. And as I feel like every single one that I'm like, ah, I'd probably stay away from this one because the plush money seems like a setup, but uh, it shows up in my bet slip somehow one way or the other. <laughs> so I think I'm going to end up a little half unit sprinkle on that. Just 
with the prediction, man, I just see them struggling so much. Yeah. If they struggle at all, well, yeah, they're going to struggle at all. They play the boys in the 49ers and the Chiefs and the Bucks within their first six games. The only toss-ups are the Panthers and the Falcons. All those other ones, it's a wrap. Yeah. You start two and four, it's a wrap for the yeah. Eagles season. So that's where it's at in my mind. I'd take the under if it were me. Okay. I am kind of like you. I want the under, but I, I am more so of a clean stay away from me just because – a, the line pricing, something like this typically kind of scares me off unless I'm really confident. And I'm not quite confident enough because, I mean, yeah. there's the combination of this team should be much, much healthier than they were last year. And also, you know, we gave them one in five of their own division. And we are pretty high on the Washington football team, pretty high on that Cowboys offense. But that division was a seven win. Uh, the leader of that division was a seven win team. So we could absolutely see the NFC at least, unlike what we're predicting. And they might scrap a couple. I hope not. I hope not. But they might scrap their way to a couple more wins in this division than we're leading on to. So sure. for that reason, I'm staying away with the health and with that aspect of it. So I want the under my man, but I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I uh, I want the under two, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay for the sake of the show and sake of my career. I'm gonna stay away. Sure. <laughs> However, yeah. uh, maybe a little quarter unit sprinkle sure. if you are a good degenerate like me. Moving right along, are these Eagles gonna make or miss the playoffs? I think they miss them, and so did the books. Minus three eighty for a big fat no, Sheesh. and then plus two eighty for a yes. So. I don't think either way is worth any value. Obviously, you're not going to eat that chalk, no. so no real reason for me to waste any breath. I'm going to want back on my deathbed. Right. As far as the division conference and Super Bowl goes, uh, pretty fucking accurate to our predictions. The Eagles are fourth in the NFC East uh, right now, plus 450. Not worth any value there for me no, at all. Me neither. Uh, if you are high on the Eagles, I suggest taking the uh, division odds as opposed to the making the playoff odds. I find it very hard to believe that we're going to see two playoff teams out of this division. Yeah, NFC winner plus 4,800 and then Super Bowl 56 plus 7,500. So not looking like a repeat of 2017 no. here, Philadelphia fans but uh fingers crossed toes crossed underneath the table i know you can't see them but they're there for you uh outside of that with real no value on uh, kind of the futures market we got to find you a little something something tiny bit we found you a little something something that is worth a sprinkle much like a guy i told you about earlier in these nfl special editions and if you're somebody who didn't hear this yet little side sprinkle on javante williams of the denver broncos highly suggested highly highly suggested um also like a little uh little sprinkle as well on um on uh jalen waddle uh, mm -hmm. uh the more and more of the days go on here i'll talk about that a little bit more but as far as um another alabama kid goes here in philadelphia Devonte smith Offensive Rookie of the Year, plus 2,000 odds right now. I've been really falling in love with the guys right around the plus 2,000 odds yep. here, uh, right around like plus 2,000 to plus 2,600 here at this point in the offseason. Those obviously are still going to be open uh, all the way through January 1, but I suggest you start getting those hammered in now because some of these guys obviously are going to start right. making their way out of the pack and those odds are going to go away. Exactly. So I think this one's definitely worth a little sprinkle if he can get that health in check, if he uh, definitely breaks the trend of the 180-pound or less receiver club. Give me all of Devontae Smith, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. I might sprinkle it as well, my man. I mean, we talked about the size being uh, an issue as far as historically, but I also mentioned it earlier, his tangibles, is, aside from his size, he is an A-plus across the board, route running, hands, separation he's fantastic and for that reason i mean we talked about it we have pessimistic hopes uh you know pessimist pessimism surrounding what these team will do this season but i 
think we kind of, without saying it, we kind of think this offense is still going to put up some points. And if he's the number one receiver in this offense, he's going to be right in this conversation. So for that reason, I think I will sprinkle a little bit as well in the plus 2,000. All right. So there's a little value for you. We like to always give you a little side plays with every team we do um, if we can't find that additional value. And obviously, um, today wasn't one of those days. (laughs) So... That does it. With that being said, after this, we've got uh, all potential playoff teams from here on out, my man. Oh, yes, we do. So, with all that being said, that does it for the third segment of the day. Let's get into the fourth and final segment of the day, our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined. Start, stash, or pass. Gotcha. Didn't know I was going to be turned around, did you? All right. Well, let's get this thing moving on down the tracks here, my friends. All right, Uh, as always, we'll kick things off with the quarterback room. And as I am getting all set up over here, partner, when it comes to this room, we got Jalen Hurts, we got Gardner Minshew, Mania Minshew, and also Joe, how is he even still in the league, Flacco. Mm -hmm. Will you be targeting all three of these, none of these guys in your upcoming draft? And if so, will you be starting them? stashing them or forgetting everything i just said and passing on them altogether as far as gardner and flacco i will go with a hard pass if gardner sometimes somehow finds his way as the starting quarterback i might stash him just because there might be a little bit of a high ceiling there but i still don't have a ton of uh, interest as far as jalen hurts though i will absolutely take him i think he's going to be the starting quarterback throughout the entire season and as we saw last year when he did start at the end of the year he had one very good game and then i believe it was three other pretty damn solid games so yeah, give me Jalen Hurts. I might be interested in him late in these rounds here. If, uh, you know, I would be a little more comfortable if I could pair him with somebody else that I have some confidence in that person's consistency. But give me Jalen Hurts this year for sure. I'm singing the same tune you are. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and pass as well on Minshew and Flacco. Yeah. I will waste a red flag on Minshew because okay. I could see some just something happen. Just in case. Just in case. But. I will echo everything you said about Jalen Hurts and then some very high on him. And I think that this could be the breakout year. Sure. I think that this could be what we really have been waiting to see from Jalen Hurts. Now, it's going to take a lot from his offense. Uh, He's going to have to shoulder a lot of the weight in order for him to put up good fantasy numbers. But as you always like to see, he can get it done with his legs, too. So we always got that as a Mm -hmm. bonus. And I'm not too certain that everybody's going to kind of be letting him fall and that's fair too just, someone just yeah. a little like eh. and i think the way we draft quarterbacks late in the rounds i think that he's gonna potentially be a hidden gem that's just laying around Maybe. right there and a bunch of people have passed on because they're just too concerned about this offense and what they actually see from him for sure we do have an eagles fan in our uh in our league though so we'll see about that conan jake conan. oh he might it is conan <laughs> i do have a couple of eagles fans uh in uh in my ranks as well shout uh-huh. out rj if you uh popping anytime soon shout out conan as well uh that all being said into the running back room um, you have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Outside of that, no real value in the depth. Now, Boston Scott, I will put a flag on him. Uh, he could potentially be a damn good handcuff if anything happens to Miles Sanders. He is an undersized back, so it definitely is a little concerning around the goal line. We always know that with some of those smaller guys, but I could see him being a decent handicuff. 
uh, handicuff. handcuff. I said that earlier. Really, I said that, and we didn't correct myself. You know and what? I listened maybe, back, and I was know like, what? "Maybe we'll just start saying handicuff, handicuff because that might be our fucking word." <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but either way, I think he is a decent handcuff this season. Um, but wanted to talk about him first because I think he does definitely have the lesser of the value uh, compared to Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders falls in that RB two category for me. I think he's kind of right mid-tier sure. of the RB2. With some weeks, it could be lower than mid-tier, maybe even underneath the five layers of shit. Right. And then other years or other weeks, he could be five, f- 500 feet above it. Right. It's just very, uh, uh, what's the word? Very varying, uh, high variance, volatile, <laughs> volatile high volatility uh, when it comes to <laughs> this uh, running back room. So, if I'm st- I'm not going to go out of my way to target on him. I'm going to pass on him both. Um, but if I need an RB2 filler and uh, I'm kind of shit out of luck everywhere else, I would say slot him in, but definitely have uh, Miles Sanders, that being, but definitely have somebody to back him up in the long haul. Yeah, if I'm picking up either of these guys, I think I'm passing on Boston Scott in the first place. If I'm picking up Miles Sanders, I've already got two running backs in my uh, one and two spot already. I like him for some depth, but I don't think he's going to last that long. I think people are going to see him as the starting running back in this group and take him a little too high. I'm looking back at last year's schedule. They only had two weeks with a 100-yard rusher. Both of them were Sanders, but nonetheless, it's not the productivity you want, especially out of your – certainly not out of your RB1. Hopefully you're not drafted in Sanders as your RB1, but not even so much as your RB2. So I will stash him, but I do not expect to uh, see him where I am hoping to get him. Nor do I, my friend. So uh, I think I might have to walk it back just a little bit. Uh, I might have to have kind of that stash. I I don't know if he's 150% worth an RB2 spot. Sure. And, and yeah, those... It could be better, though, with the offensive line, kind of like I was saying earlier. So It could be. So, yeah, somewhere in that uh, stash RB2, but uh, tamping your expectations enough that mm-hmm. some weeks you're only going to get flex numbers right. out of Sanders. So running back room, there you go. There you have it. Wide receiver room. I don't know that I want to waste all too much time here. Sure. Um, Jalen Rager, I'm interested in, could be a potential flex option. We'll see how he is coming off of the injury. Obviously injured the thumb last year, so nothing like, uh, at least running-wise, but we'll see how good that catchability is. And we know how Eagles pass catchers have been in right. the past. Um, Travis Fulgham, I'll pass on him altogether. I don't really know what we see from him this year. Um, we did see flashes last year. He definitely had a fantasy week here or there, but... Right. Once again, falls in that flex tier lower and definitely uh, more than a handful of guys I think you can get more valuable before him. And then Devontae Smith, I think he could potentially break out into a wide receiver too. I do not think you should be taking him as your wide receiver one anywhere near that category. Maybe not even your wide receiver two. You might have to tamper expectations for flex numbers here in year one, especially with this new offensive system, new coaching staff, everything how it's kind of playing out here. I think you might need to tamper expectations just a little bit here for uh, Devontae Smith. Out of all of those guys, I would say Devontae Smith would be the guy I would look to. Now, definitely worth a red flag. Maybe Greg Ward, maybe Travis Fulgham, maybe Jalen Rager, just to kind of keep an eye on him if one of the guys does start producing and you can get your hands on him real fast. But I just don't think there's a whole lot of fantasy value here in Philadelphia, wide receiver-wise. Neither do I. I have a lot of same opinions on Devontae Smith. I would love to have him. I'll stash him. Maybe even, uh, you know, maybe I, I am pretty high on him, but I do think he's going to be a little overdrafted. Jalen Rieger, I'll also stash just on his potential still. He wasn't very good in fantasy last year. I think we see an uptick, but 
I'm still not going to waste too much capital on him. He, uh, you know, with Hurts at the end of the season, you would think maybe as the season goes on and his rookie year, Rieger would improve. Did not really have any type of production increase when Jalen Hurts came into the uh, into the QB1 spot there. So I'm stashing both of these guys based on potential here. Pretty uh, pretty much the only reason I like him. All right. Well, I would uh, have to agree with everything you said there too, my friend. So we got Three groups knocked out, a couple more. Uh, tight end room, you got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I think Zach Ertz can get back to that top level of the bottom half of the cream of the crop sure. that we talk about all the time. You got your top 10 guys and then kind of that that next level of guy. I think Zach Ertz can get back to that top half of that next level of guy here this season. Dallas Goddard, too. Um, he definitely looked like he was primed to break out in 2020, and then just they both kind of fizzled out and right. dealt with injury, and it just it was never really a, a good deal. So I'm thinking injuries across the board correct themselves here in Philadelphia this year. So I think that Ertz could be worth a pickup. I would definitely target a few guys before him uh, that we definitely have talked about. I'm sure you can deduct who those guys right. might be. But I think we definitely see a little bit of improvement here from Ertz. So if you're kind of SOL, I'd say give him an old look, but uh, definitely throw a flag on Goddard as well in case anything does happen to Ertz, because then that's pretty much his position. Sure. I'm I'm interested in both of these guys based on name and their production, but if they're both healthy, I really don't know what to expect. Ertz had a 7.0 average in fantasy last year. Not what you want. Obviously, I think that's going to improve, but you know Dallas Goddard gets better and better every week. He had a 10.6 average. Obviously, I like that more, but... Once again, really did not increase when Jalen Hurts took over the job at the end of the season. So as much as I would like to have either of these guys on my roster, they certainly are not going to be my tight end one. Uh, and one of them could be a top 10 guy, but I want more of a sure thing, mm. more of a tight end that's got more of a target share, uh, at least can expect and assume that they're going to have more of a target share without having, you know, more of a 50-50 split here, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the only thing that concerns me. So I would definitely put both guys in that TE2 tier. Like I said, pick somebody up before you go running mm-hmm. uh, to get these guys on your roster because sure. I, I, I think we see improvement, but just not drastically enough to be those 10, 15-point weeks that we right. were once used to seeing from both these guys. As far as the kickers go, uh, not a whole lot of, uh, to write home about here. I actually uh, closed out the, um, the Jake thing. Elliott. Jake Elliott. Jake uh, Elliott. So... Uh, maybe falls within the top 10 once I've got a stat for you, partner. Okay, go right on ahead. He was the number 29 kicker in fantasy last year, and he played all 16 games, a solid 4.4 average. Not terrible. It's fucking terrible. Oh, uh, number 29 kicker yeah i thought you were getting excited about that <laughs> no, for some reason. it's like, abysmal 29th out of the entire league and he played all 16 games yeah okay well yeah that's what <laughs> i was saying i mean then that's terrible yeah so then overall i would say leave him on the old bench my friend yeah. so uh with that stat in mind i appreciate that partner uh didn't have that stat uh, <laughs> lined up i know jake elliott wasn't the greatest but uh hey maybe we see improvement no, here we'll for see. sake of eagles fans either way that is what it's looking like, kicker position. Last but certainly not least, for the defense. I don't think there's any fantasy value here. I don't think they're going to average more than uh, three or four points over the course of the season and uh, might even dip into that in those negative numbers from right. time to time. So I would say leave them on the uh, the old waiver wire when your upcoming draft is over. Got no, uh, no other things to say about that. Maybe a streaming option against the Lions or something like that. Yeah, quite possibly from time to time. But overall, not the, uh, the biggest asset there fantasy-wise. No, the Eagles defense. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that uh, officially does it 
for the start, stash, or pass segment. So uh, that officially does it for the entire season preview for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, sir. So we have uh, quite steamed through time here. Uh, wow, right about eleven oh five. Wow, yeah. I just kept it moving right along. We didn't have a lot of fluff going in there. We just fucking hey, right to the point. And we not made a ton it, of heated opinions on this team either. Not a ton either. of heated opinions either on the Eagles. So straight into the point here today, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, before we have a little banter, we check out our mag sidebar. I give you my motivation minutes, all that stuff. Let's send. The Philadelphia Eagles into the 2021 season coming up in 10 days. The only way we know how. To Nick Sirianni, Shane Stitchin, and Jonathan Gannon, we wish you the best of luck in your inaugural coaching seasons in Philadelphia. To every single offensive, defensive player, and each and every member of the Philadelphia franchise, good luck and Godspeed. All right, that officially does it for the Philadelphia Eagles season preview, 24th NFL special edition, my friends. All right, let's wind it on back here a little bit, wrap up the show here with uh, the usual nonsense. Man, oh man, I cannot believe we only got 10 days left. No, sir, I cannot. It has been cooking right along. Uh, 24 days has seemed like five minutes, uh, the last NFL special editions mm-hmm. here. So, And I feel like we've got the nice, like, Perfect amount of buildup, little preseason, get a little excited, not overly excited. Week zero, college football, see some actual meaningful football on the screen, and now it's uh, about all systems go. Got a big week of college football this weekend, Woo! though. Uh, early prediction, I may or may not be taking uh, Jacksonville State against UAB. Okay. I, uh, I, <laughs> okay. do, I do like them a little <laughs> bit, uh, yeah, plus the 14 at that one, and a half. And then also, um, Coach Prime is at Jackson State, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So I was looking at them, too. I'm a little interested okay. to see what them okay. boys do. So okay. uh, the first game this week, though, is Wednesday, that Jacksonville State versus UAB. I think we got Ohio State, Minnesota on Thursday as well. If I, I'm do, not, I, I could do be wrong about some, that, but I somewhere, think so. Yeah, somewhere in there. So, hey, college football is here. It is coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, got some updates in regards to all of that daily show. Before we get any deeper in all of this nonsense, partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 113 of the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful August 30th, 2021. All right, so I wanted to have something positive on these uh, Philadelphia Eagles here, and I do. Oh. So the NFC East, uh, historically, the last couple of decades, it's been anybody's ball game. And this Philadelphia Eagles team is the last team in the division to win consecutive division titles. Do you know how long ago that would have been? Sometime in the 70s or 80s. To win consecutive division titles? Well, maybe... It would have been in the 16 and 17 seasons? Um, 16, no, no. So it was 2001 through 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah, but as, since 2004, the NFC East has had a different division winner every single year. Since 2004? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, longest division So the Eagles were the last ones to back-to-back-to-back-to-back it four in a row consecutive. Mm-hmm. And then after that, in 2004, all a clusterfuck and a half. Basically, yeah. Okay. So little more optimism for the Eagles if you think that's going to happen again because it was the old WFT last year. So mm-hmm. as much as we like WFT, if that trend continues, mm-hmm. we might be SOL. 
Well, I hope not. I, I hope, hope not that either. That does not uh, loom heavy in our demise. No. But uh, hey, well, twenty years now since that uh, last consecutive stretch since it started. So maybe we got WFT for four years here. Hopefully, this is not a twenty-year cycle kind of deal maybe. we got coming right around the corner. Hopefully, twenty either way, twenty forty-one Giants for four, twenty sixty-one Cowboys for four. Yeah. Either way, you heard it here first. <laughs> The Philadelphia Eagles, the last team in the NFC East to win consecutive division titles from the years of 2001 to 2004. Last year was the Washington football team. Do they start the trend and snap that previous record held by these Eagles? Philly, Philly, you heard it here first. Thank you for your sidebar, Barbara. Of course. Well, my friends, a couple of quick updates to tell you guys about. So, this upcoming Friday, Friday, September the 3rd, is going to be a special show. It's going to be a college football special show. So, it will be kind of back to business as usual. It'll be shades of the old days, but it'll be kind of uh, all centered around college football. So, we'll give out picks for the weekends. We'll also talk about some stuff value you already find in season-long stuff. Just a full college football episode, um, just to kind of get ready into that. Might only be about an hour or so long, so uh, just so you know that. And then on the following week, September the 8th, is the last NFL special edition, and that is actually going to be the Washington football team uh, for that special edition. And then 9-9, we go back to business as usual. The start of the NFL regular season, Cowboys, Bucks. It is on. No doubt about it. So we will uh, be bringing you all types of plays on Thursday. Uh, We'll have probably the same game parlay for the event. We'll have all types of different stuff coming out. And then Friday... With being back to business as usual, we'll have all week one picks, we'll have props, we'll have side plays, we'll have all types of stuff for you guys coming right around the corner. I can't wait for that one. I cannot wait for that (laughs) either. I cannot wait to be back to handicapping NFL and cashing gridiron tickets right alongside you guys. I cannot wait. Now, if you have been following along, That old uh, September the 8th date might mean something to you guys. And I am happy to announce, not going to announce it all the way. I want to uh, wait until this upcoming Wednesday to fully announce it to you guys, exactly all the ins and outs and everything we got rocking and rolling. Do have one final thing we need to confirm today, Um, but it does look like everything is all systems go at this point in the game. So... I know I've been teasing it for a long time. We are really, really, really excited about this. We've been working extremely hard in the background on our network, on our presence, on our brand, just outside of the pod. And you guys might see us for the hour and a half here and think that's all we do. And uh, if that's what you're thinking, I suggest you flip the other switch on your brain because we've been busting ass for uh, the last few weeks. And due to that, We've been given the amazing opportunity to start a new show. Um, We will continue to do the Talk in the Line podcast Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, still 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. That ain't going nowhere. We ain't changing nothing. But we will be bringing you a new show 
starting on September the 8th. It will be also delivered to you, nice little hint, every single Wednesday. So there will be a new episode releasing every Wednesday starting September the 8th. Uh, I'll let you guys know all the details this upcoming Wednesday. I figured it only right, you know, give you give you a little extra little time extra to kind of stew on it, what it might actually be. But you do know now, uh, the Talking the Line crew, we told you, moving quick, fast, and in a hurry, get on the fucking rocket ship and let's head to the moon or get out the damn way because we ain't stopping and we got a new show coming. And what I will tell you is it is going to be an absolute electric factory. It is going to be nothing but knowledge-filled, nothing but nuclear bomb-dropping, nothing but just sheer intensity when it comes to the world of sports gambling. Let me just tell you that. It might be something, I think it's actually something I have yet to see, really, Okay. in, uh, in the industry. Yeah. Maybe one way or another, but not specifically a show dedicated to right. it. And hey, you know us. We are by betters for betters. Yes, sir. And we make content for you guys from the first time gambler all the way up to the daily degenerate. That was the vision at the start, and we have never changed that vision. We are the common man. We are not suits. We do not try and sit up here and act like we know everything. I will be the first to admit I don't know shit about shit at the end of the yep. day. I just know how to research and how to provide my insights to you guys in kind of a choreographed manner, if you will. So that all being said, new show coming next week to help kick off the NFL season, if you will. Coming from the Talking the Line crew. Cannot fucking wait Ooh. cannot wait um i can't lie to you guys i am uh it's it's those uh nervous energy ready to rock i, I just can't i cannot wait anticipation to to not I so much like absolutely yeah. blow it out of the park i cannot wait to bring this to you guys because you know how i get down you know how we get down oh yeah ain't no questions about this over here on this side so all that being said, before I get into my motivation minutes of the day here, friends, send you about your way with a little extra inspiration, motivation, all that stuff. Um, we briefly talked about it. Uh, the Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley fight yesterday. I uh, would have liked to see that one go a little bit of a different way, but uh, any takeaways you had there, partner? I know I promised I'd said I'd have a little bit of a takeaway here. Yeah, I mean, I can't really add too much. I, you know, I've gotten myself into being a big UFC fan, watching pretty consistently. Can't break it down quite like you were experts, but I can at least share my opinion on, the, on that. As far as boxing, man, I have not seen too many... Uh, boxing matches in my life to be able to dissect anything from my perspective of being i wouldn't even say a casual fan because i really am not that big of a boxing fan i don't know how to take what you just said i'm i don't know if to be excited or not did you just put me on the same terms as experts or did you just say or experts i don't know to be ex no, excited that like... you put me on the same height as ufc experts or or experts that maybe i'm in that same ballpark someday but just not in this in this time that's not what i meant to <laughs> I'm just giving That's not you what shit. I meant at all. I'm giving you shit. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to say is that I don't know a dick about boxing. Yep. What it appeared to me from my less than casual fan perspective is that Tyler, Tyron Woodley has a could have had a great skill set. I think if he started in boxing from day one as opposed to UFC, I think he could have reached some solid heights because he's got quick hands, quick feet. But uh, yeah, he just doesn't seem quite boxing professional boxing ready to me at least not quite yet never yeah never really had the striking obviously he was the 
best strikers so far that Jake has faced. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it was very apparent to me in the first two rounds that uh, Tyron just did not uh, didn't push the action. He 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 fought the correct fight. He fought the correct counter punching fight. But the only problem was that that's what was Jake's game plan too. Right. And I've been singing a way different tune, but I am uh, starting to gain a little bit of respect here for Jake Paul. Um, he got rocked a couple of times. He took some big shots from Tyron, and he smartened up. His coaches are very good, and he point fought him, kept him on the outside, and anytime Tyron would come in with those big bombs, he'd figure out how to tie him up, and that'd be it. I'm starting to get a little bit impressed here with uh, Jake Paul. We'll see what the next step is. I'm not saying I'm a Jake Paul fan by no. any means. I was never a Jake Paul fan in the first place, and I don't believe I ever will be, but as a fighter... It's pretty damn impressive to see him keep Tyron on the outside and be able to hook him up every single time he came in. Right. He has been training. I will give him that. What's next? Maybe Conor McGregor. I don't know. There's already rumblings going on of that. Uh, Conor's already tweeted salivating. Um, we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. But I don't know. I mean, I know you speak a different tune. You're just a massive combat fan in general. But for me, like I said, I've gotten myself. I love the UFC at this point in my uh, watching career of the UFC combat watching. But you know, I think I've just been watching the wrong boxing matches. But there has not. I have not watched a single boxing match that has made me like super captivated. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, it's and kind of a dying sport. It is, and you know, even you know, within the last decade, I watched a couple before these. Uh, you know, obviously Jake Paul type influence on the sport I, it was you know pacquiao mayweather uh mayweather mcgregor and those fights didn't rope me in either obviously that's still quite not quite the full uh boxing experience but uh, i'm not there yet man i'm not sure there enough yet. sure enough and you know my heart always lies uh with the ufc no doubt about it at the end of the day sure. uh appreciate you mentioning that too uh went seven and oh once again on the old ufc picks this week so uh blazing hot right now when it comes to ufc i've uh, been doing a lot of additional work on that end of the spectrum so i can bring you guys stuff and then if you're about to give the irv smith update all right uh it just came out of vikings uh territory that mike zimmer has said irv smith will be getting uh his meniscus meniscus surgically repaired after uh, sustaining an injury against the chiefs over the weekend looks like four-ish weeks right around there two and then time maybe tables. even long yeah, two, six to twelve somewhere it's in there four-ish weeks or six to eight months so whoa Said he hasn't heard. I don't know. This is this must be just a different like meniscus tear type timeline. He said he hasn't heard that six to eight month timeline. So wow. optimistically, hopefully it's more of the four ish weeks, which would be about one month as opposed to six to eight months. So, yeah, we talked a lot yeah. about Irv Smith being the number one guy now uh, with Kyle Rudolph out. So a lot that's of a tough uh, blow. Regardless, though, that, that's a real tough blow. So appreciate you uh, whipping that on up there yep. at the end. Uh, quick couple of reminders, uh, stay locked into the pod at the very least, and also uh, Twitter at the very least as well, at Talking the Line. That way you guys can stay up, uh, up to date with all the updates, if you will, that we got coming up. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel if you have not already. Do not miss the start of a live show or the new show that will be coming very soon. You'll be able, it'll have its own dedicated playlist. You'll be able to come and watch it. It is also a pre-recorded show, so we won't be having this one live either, just so you guys know. So hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, make sure you are locked in because once again, bigger and better stuff coming from the TTL crew. I promise you that. 
I promise you that. So make sure you stay locked in there. If you would like, make sure you hit that link tree as well. Go to the talkingtheline.com website. Check out all of our additional content on there and peruse around. You can play some bets from there. You can check out the live lines and odds. You can see our best bets of the day. All of that action. Oh, and speaking of action, if you do have the Action Network app, you can follow me at cash underscore with underscore Colt. You can follow Riley at rmags and then at talkingtheline for the best bets of the day. Also, uh, I told you guys a while back ago about a new app that we will be utilizing here very soon. It's still in the beta version, still rolling out day by day, move by move. So um, as we get more updates on that, we will definitely let you guys know where you can track those as well. So that's kind of uh, all it does it for me before I get into Motivation Minutes part or anything I missed, any last late breaking news. No, sir. We are ready to rock and roll. All right, my friends. Well, without further ado, it's time to send you fine folks on about your Mondays here the only way I know how with my motivation minutes so last week was um, all about you are in charge of your own happiness and pursuing your passions chasing your dreams and as I was kind of formulating uh, for this week I didn't really know if I wanted to have a theme or just kind of let them come and it's funny sometimes if you have the Poshmark app you know what that is but sometimes I'll just have these random quotes come up. And this one was actually one in my time hop, and it was from two years ago. And it must have hit me then the same way it hit me now, because it bears repeating. And I kind of had a little bit of thought on it and wanted to kind of give you guys that rabbit hole to kind of think about and as you go about. And it almost kind of ties in with chasing and choosing your own happiness, sure. being in charge of your own happiness. And that quote is, don't trip over what is already behind you. Now, if you're hip and up with the terms, you can take that in one certain way. Don't trip. Don't worry. Don't get all anxious about what's in your past. But then obviously the metaphorical way. Don't trip over something that is behind you. I want to stop on that for just a second. And I want to tell you kind of a story and give you a little vision in your head. Think about that as a, as a vision in your head, tripping over something that is behind you. You are beautiful, beautiful day, blue skies, birds are chirping, walking down a path. You got some beautiful flowers. You're checking out, you're checking out some trees along the side and you're moving and grooving. You look down and you see a a sizable boulder there. It's nothing big, but you think, boy, if I stubbed my foot on that, I'd probably trip and fall over. So you do what any normal human being would do and you veer off around it and you keep going down the path. Well, you get about 10, 15, maybe even 20, 25 steps away from that rock and you say, ooh, I wonder what it would have felt like if I would have fell over that rock. <laughs> Hold on, let me stretch my leg all the way back there to see if it'll hang me how stupid does that look? How stupid does that sound in your head? So that's number one. Next time you are in a situation where you are worried about something that is in the past, worried about something that has already happened and you have no control over nor can change ever again because it's already happened, and you're allowing it to impact your life still in the present, ongoing in the future from that, Think about that vision. Think about yourself walking down a path and you veer past a rock knowing that you don't want to trip over it and you get about 20, 
25 yards down the road there, and you decide you want to stick your foot back out to see if that rock will trip you. Stop allowing your past events to define who you are and trip you into the future. The past is the past. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I've been there, I've done that. I have a past. I have a backstory, just like all of you. I can't run from it. I can't hide it. But what I can do is change from it. What I can do is work on myself every single day and find a way to create things like motivation minutes. Find a way to bring that to others. Find a way to share the gift and the light that I have with other people. Use that as your mindset. Stop putting a cover over your light with the past events. Stop utilizing your past events as a blanket, if you will, over the light that you are and could be with all of the abilities and blessings and traits that you have. You are kind. You are smart. You are important. You are here for a reason. And you are right here and now for a reason. Not yesterday, not last month, not last year, not last second. And at the same time, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, not even the next second. You are who you are right now. You are in this moment right now. You are not in your past. You are not in your future. You cannot do anything to either one of those people. All you can worry about is this person right here. And what can you do to be better than you were in the past and set yourself up to be even better in the future? Now, as you think about this and as you go about kind of applying this, don't forget that it is very important to remember your past and also think about your future. Don't stuff it all the way down to where you never think about the things you have been through in your past because it is incredibly important in this life to remember where you were, where you are, and where you want to be. But the most important part to all of that is not getting stuck in where you want to be and not getting stuck in where you were because if you do, It'll only make you spin your wheels on where you're at. It'll never allow those paths to open up because they'll all be littered with rocks and you will never be able to get your foot over that next one because you keep putting your foot back down in front of another one. So that's all I have for you today, my friends. And what I want you to remember the most importantly and maybe it'll even make you chuckle because as I'm envisioning it again, it's kind of making me laugh. The next time that you are worried about something that has happened in the past or you think that you are defined by what you have done before, think about yourself walking down that path on a nice, beautiful, sunny day and you avoid that rock at first, but then you decide to stretch your foot all the way back to see if it'll actually trip you up. Stop doing that. Live a life free. Stop living your life in chains. Use the key in your back pocket and unlock that lock. This world is yours. And always remember where you were, where you're at, and where you want to be. That does it.
for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff as always, my man. I really can't add too much. <laughs> I really can't add too much else on top of that. That uh, yeah, that's a good one as always, my I man. I appreciate it. And uh, that one was actually all off the cuff. I uh, I came across that quote and I said, you know what? Let me see what I got here in relation to this because this uh, this definitely hit me. And that was all uh, freestyle spitball in there. So I hope uh, if only just one of you, if it hits you right here, hits you right there, if there's an itch. Go scratch it, my friends. Today's your day. You got this. Stop being defined by your past. I choose not to, and you can too. So, all right, that officially does it. My motivation minutes of the day, you crazy cannolis. Let's get on out of here the only way we know how. Holy shit, one minute right before the perfect time. Now, as always, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Philadelphia Eagles fans, Fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL betters, anyone I may have left out or forgotten, far and wide from myself and Mags. Thank you so much for stopping by episode number 113 of the Talk in the Line podcast and for all of your support. All of your following, we promise to keep making this bigger and better for you guys each and every single day and taking you right alongside with us for every twist and turn on the ride. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Monday, unless you have other plans. We will see you back around the bend tomorrow for the 25th NFL Special Edition, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But for now, be sure to check out our best bets of the day, either at TalkingTheLine.com or on the Action Network app, so you too can close the show with us by saying, let's cash some tickets. <laughs>